0: Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of Two Plains Sports. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, and believe it or not, Jose, the Big 12 has released their football schedule. Oklahoma will play football in 2023 in the Big 12 Conference. Are you shocked?
1: Hallelujah. Didn't think that they were ever going to let us do that, but you know, we're here. They've, they've given us yeah. some opponents.
0: Finally, some opponents. We know where we're going. We know who Oklahoma's going to be hosting this fall. So before we get into it, just want to say we appreciate it. Uh, make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and turn the notification bell on, and you might want to turn that notification bell on because believe it or not, we've got an interview that's dropping tomorrow morning at nine thirty with Rondell Bothred, um, the Vander the Vanderbilt, excuse me, the uh, Wake, Forest Wake Forest Forest for defensive end. Yeah, Wake Forest, not Vanderbilt. Uh, Wake Forest transfer coming in for his last year of eligibility to play at Oklahoma. We had a great interview with him and a great time. So be sure to turn the notification bell on so you don't miss that that, um, interview. It was a good one. Uh, Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and TikTok. Everything's linked in the description below. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, be sure to leave us a review. So... As we said, this is going to be a video just talking about the schedule release, previewing wins, losses, overall reactions. Before we get into the breakdown of the schedule, I want to kind of talk about why was this delayed so much? And this is just me brainstorming and thinking, Jose, in my opinion, I think the reason why that they released or they delayed the release is because I think the Big 12 knows that Oklahoma and Texas will is not planning to be here through the end of the 24 season. It seems like that they're trying to figure out the most reasonable way to schedule two teams, Texas and OU, or OU Texas, to play a fair amount of teams in the Big 12. And then once they leave, how do you combine the rest of the remaining 12 and get the schedules to be even and not playing each other more than once when you don't have to in this rotation? I kind of feel like that's a feeling I get. And even if it's not OU leaves one year early, they still have to figure out when OU is scheduled to leave that they're going to have to bring the scheduling back just to 12 teams and make it as even as possible or whatever formula they're using. What do you think?
1: I'm sure OU and Texas probably use those arguments like keeping us around is just going to make it more complicated for scheduling once we leave. There's no way that they stick around to 2025 when OU and Texas that that news was first announced that they were those two programs are moving to the SEC. I've been on the bandwagon that we're being we're going to be in the conference until the end of the contract. I'm changing that to we're leaving after the season. These two schools don't seem to be very enthusiastic about the idea of being in this conference any longer. I think they're with probably a lot of financial stuff that that's going on with this stuff as well because you're adding teams without a new contract tv contract quite yet at least not one that's kicked in so i bet that both schools are probably getting a lot less money than they feel they deserve because they're the ones those are the two biggest brands in this conference so i would not be surprised if oklahoma leaves after this next season i'm I like the schedule. I think it's gonna be fun. I, I like that we're playing some of the new new teams that are in uh, in the conference. I'm, that's the one thing about this season and being in the big twelve, I'm excited that for for the people that can and like to travel to to away games, you've got a really good one late in the year and one that could be pretty good early in the year too where you you can travel to new locations.
0: True. I mean, it, I do like the idea of playing the new opponents. Um, You know, gives a little bit of variety and, you know, some excitement. Um, looking, initially looking at the schedule, we were talking a little bit before we got on. You know, the first thing that jumps out to me is, are the teams that Oklahoma is not playing? And the teams that Oklahoma is not playing, Kansas State, Baylor, uh, Houston, and Texas Tech, I want to say. Yeah, I think it's Texas right. Tech. Yeah, so those three schools, Oklahoma is not playing in their schedule. I'm not upset about not seeing Kansas State. I'm not upset about not seeing Baylor or Texas Tech. OU lost all three of those schools last year. In a way, I also wonder if OU and Texas were pushing to, and other schools were pushing to play some programs and not play others wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma's like, hey, I don't want to play Kansas State. We're trying to go 12-0 and 0 here. And I'm not saying that OU couldn't beat Kansas State this year because they definitely could. But Kansas State's just been a thorn in Oklahoma's side. So not seeing them on the schedule, Baylor, Dave Aranda's been giving us problems. Texas Tech's less of a, you know, issue and things like that. And then Houston is Houston. Um, Houston's not a bad program. I mean, Overall, I really like Oklahoma's draw. What do you think? So I'm a
1: fan. The, men, the teams you mentioned that were not playing, I'm pretty sure we would have been in Manhattan this year. We would have been in Waco, I believe. And Texas Tech would have been at home, which I guess that's one we you know missed out on because the last time we played Texas Tech at home, it was an ass-whooping that we gave. Instead of received. Um I'm excited for it. Like I said. I, I'm I'm a big fan of getting to go to the new. Um, to the two, two, two. Wait. How many are we going to? Yeah. We're going to two of the new big 12 members. Um UCF gets to travel to Norman. So that'll be pretty cool. Getting new fans in as well. Who knows how many of the, those fans will get to travel. Or will travel. I can't imagine that the Golden Knights. Have a lot of fans outside of the state maybe even the region of of you know that of the country but i'm gonna try to make it provo i think oklahoma i think that would be a really good game um but the record overall we were talking about it beforehand we're going up against so i'm not i'm not i'm not too familiar with arkansas state and i'm going to be completely upfront about that but oklahoma versus arkansas State. Just looking at the brands, you would assume Oklahoma wins. I don't care how. I don't care how by how much it can be by three or three hundred. Oklahoma should win that. If it's by three, it's going to be concerning, but you know we should get a dub there. SMU, we're going against uh, a first-year head coach there or a second-year head coach there um, with a new quarterback, a four-star guy. He's Preston Smith. Preston Smith. He's been the, What would he's redshirted, right? So this is his redshirt sophomore, sophomore. year. Yeah. Right. So we're going up up against a, a kind of new a new quarterback there. Tulsa. We're going up against a first year head coach, um, Kevin Wilson, and Cincinnati going up against the first year head coach and Scott Satterfield, who kind of has a Sonny Dykes, uh, I guess, feeling to him. He was pretty successful with Louisville um, the last few seasons. And going into Cincinnati, who has been pretty good re- as of late. So we'll see what he can do if he can maintain that success that they've had. Iowa State, it's in a, it's Iowa State. So I can't, that, I guess that's a game that Oklahoma might struggle with because it is going to be a crazy environment. But going it's, into the Texas game. Iowa oh, wait, that's at home. at home. My bad. Yeah. Uh, so never mind. Going into the Texas game. Assuming this team makes the improvements that we've all or most of us have assumed they would. 5-0 and is not a crazy thing to, to imagine. Now, the Texas game is going to be tough. It always is tough, no matter how good, no matter the records, no matter how good the teams are. Outside of last year, for the most part, always competitive. I think the back half of the schedule is where we're really going to start seeing some some losses. And again, this is assuming that the improvements have been made there. Um, UCF has been a pretty decent. Um, you know, their, their coach Gus Malzon, decent coach. They they recruited well, so they have good players on that roster. Kansas we'll see if they can sustain what they did last year and improve upon that. Their quarterback came back for another season, Jalen Daniels. So they'll have an experienced quarterback. So their offense, you would assume, is still going to be very good statistically and they're going to try to improve their defense. That's pretty much their Achilles heel from last year, Oklahoma state that places the dumpster fire. Hopefully we win that because that really should not be a competition. seems like most of their players absolutely hate their offensive coordinator. Um, What was his name? Their defensive coordinator stepped away from football. Um, Derek Mason stepped away from football. So they're going to have a new DC again, players, Plenty of players went into the transfer portal. Seems like that place is really just going downhill right now. West Virginia at home could be could be a pretty competitive game. I don't know who their quarterback's gonna be this year. Um BYU, it's at, at Provo. So I think that's gonna be a place where it could be a little bit intimidating um, to go in and play. And then you've got the end of the season with TCU, assuming that they are. The same TCU we saw this year, you know, we could probably get pick up a lot a couple of losses there in the back half of the schedule. Best case scenario, I think Oklahoma at this point is ten and ten and two. Worst case, assuming Cincinnati is still as good as they have been, nine and three. Or I guess worst case, I'll go eight and four. But I think a realistic number there, a record for this year is nine and three. I think that the offense that if they can Figure out how to be more consistent and not have flashes of of excellence. That should help a lot. And the defense we saw at the end of the year. And as much as some people would like to think that this defense did not improve last year, it did. Was it amazing? No, but it, it was showing improvements for the most part. The games that we lost in the, after the bye week, the defense was keeping us in, and the offense just not could not put put up points to. help out the defense and one and then at some point the defense was just gassed and that was just too much for the offense to try to overcome at the depth that this coaching staff has put together from the transfer portal and and recruiting and you're going to see a lot more of the 22 guys contribute this team should be on the cusp of competing for the big 12 conference we'll see how it goes but that's just my initial feelings right now nine and three kind of where I'm expecting this team to be.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at it as, as a whole, I'm thinking 10 and two. Uh, I I don't think, you know, I can't sit here and point to a for sure loss one way or another. I I do think that Texas game is going to be a coin flip. It's not going to be 49, nothing, you know, like it was last year. And then obviously Oklahoma state. Yeah. They're, they're not doing great, but it's a rivalry game. They're, they're going to want to get out for that game and it won't matter. But, Really, where I look at the scheduling, I love the fact that OU you know, has two home games to begin. SMU, I mean, you're playing Preston Stone, basically his first year as the full-time starter since Tanner Mornkei's gone. I like OU in that spot. Going on the road at Tulsa is not very intimidating. Kevin Wilson, former OU offensive coordinator, I, I bet he'll do well, but it's it's Tulsa at the end of the day. And it's going on the road, and it's basically a home game for Oklahoma because a lot of Sooner fans live in Tulsa, including myself. And then you go you go on the road at Cincinnati. That one could be interesting. Uh, could Oklahoma slip up there? Maybe. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, but I, I could see Oklahoma pulling through. But really, where I see is Iowa State's at home. You have the Texas game, a buy, and then you host UCF. I think the ability to be at home against Iowa State and not be in a trap trap game going on the road at like a Kansas State or at even Iowa State. Before the Texas game, it seems like it it kind of, the team might start looking ahead. You're being at home against Iowa State, not a, you know, they're, they're rebuilding. Oklahoma should handle their business. I love the fact that after the Texas game, you've got a bye week to recover. Um, you know, it's middle, smack dab in the middle of the season. People are probably going to be banged up at that point. A, a week off will will help. And then you, then you host UCF. I think that's very favorable to kind of like ease back, not saying that UCF, Won't compete. I just don't, I don't really see them being a threat, you know, being in Norman. And then you go on the road at Kansas. I mean, that, that is not a daunting place to go play at. Granted, Kansas wasn't bad this year. That probably won't be bad next year, but really where I look, you know, yeah. Oklahoma state could be interesting at BYU could be interesting, but also they're losing their starting quarterback in Jaron Hall. So he's gone. So BYU is starting over again at, at the quarterback position. So, and and TCU starting at the quarterback, starting over at the quarterback position. Really, this this schedule is really is in Oklahoma's favor. Oklahoma should have no issue going ten and two in this. And I don't think it's very daunting. I don't think going on the road at like a Kansas State or at a Baylor, uh, even at Houston or at home, you know, against home. Or at Houston and Energy Stadium. You remember those games, you know. I mean, Dana Holgerson's got them playing. They've landed some solid transfers, including David Wegbu. Um, Houston's a program that I honestly think is going to come to relevance more so over the next five years because Houston is a huge market and it's a huge recruiting hotbed, and it's just like kind of like a TCU. They're going to be able to pull in a decent amount of four stars and then the occasional five star, and I think Houston's going to be a thorn. But, you know, obviously Oklahoma won't be here long term. So I look at this 10-2 and two is reasonable. A lot of first-year quarterbacks, a lot of first-year head coaches or second-year head coaches, um, and favorable at, you know, where they're going on the road. And, you know, as long as Oklahoma keeps their head on straight, they should do pretty well. Oklahoma's bound to drop a game or two that's going to scratch your head. Um, but I really think that Oklahoma should compete for the Big 12 title, uh, this year with this schedule. And I, I do wonder if there was some negotiating or jockeying for different types of schedules and road matchups and things like that, that OU in Texas might have been dictating or encouraging because of the, as you hinted in the beginning, talking about the, you know, the feeling like they deserve more money because what they're going to get the SEC, maybe the Big 12 compromise with. Maybe a little more favorable um draws. I don't know.
1: Yeah, this is I mean, I, I was looking through some of these other schedules just to kind of figure out like who's got the toughest one. Just initial thoughts that it might be West Virginia. They start off against Penn State and then third game Pitt, fourth game Texas Tech, then TCU, then they get a bye week, go to Houston on a Thursday. Oklahoma State at home, UCF in an away game, BYU at home, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, and Baylor. That sounds daunting. I'm glad we're not West Virginia, because even if they are a good team, that is a tough schedule. Penn State is going to be a hard game, and it's a, it's in Happy Valley, so they might they might be a good team, but they might be the worst team in the conference just because that schedule seems really hard just p- looking at it on paper.
0: No, that's a good That's a good observation. I honestly hadn't really evaluated all the other schedules. And maybe we'll have to do a video where we go through everyone's schedule in the Big 12 and try to actually predict who's winning the Big 12 or finishing the top two and who's going to play in the Big 12 uh, title game, because that'll be an interesting video to look back on come uh, you know December of this year. Um, I do think scheduling plays a big factor on how teams do year in and year out. And I would agree West Virginia is, is a lot harder, and I am not jealous. Oh, God. No,
1: I'm not. Um, I, I am curious to see how Oklahoma, if at all, uses some of these these two new away games. And I guess even being at Tulsa, I know it's a, not new, it's a non-conference, but uses that as for recruiting. I know they can't host guys, but will they, you know, see if there's any way to try to get them on, you know, get to meet them while they're while they're there, at least talk to them in person? Because um, I'm pretty sure it's not a dead period during the season. I still believe that they can have contact if, if I recall. So it'll be interesting to see if, if we pull, if we start pulling guys this for this recruiting class from those areas of the country, since they will be traveling there, even if it's for a week, just to try to get a couple of new spots, try and to land roots in, in different places of the country.
0: No, that's actually a really good point, and I think I saw someone maybe tweet that or something but yeah utah byu is a really good place obviously to see the economy was a guy that we thought oklahoma was going to land and utah produces some top players you know they have a handful every year uh that are great players and that is trying to get into but one of the downfalls that i do see on the schedule now that you bring this up is we're playing at the cotton bowl against texas that is the only game we're playing in the state of Texas outside of the Big Twelve Championship game if Oklahoma meets makes it. And that's that's a little unfortunate. Um just based on, you know, where Oklahoma's trying to recruit the heaviest. Granted, I mean, the DFW area, they can make trips up to Norman. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that far. But you know, having a trip or having a game at Baylor or at TCU or at Texas Tech, that helps. Maybe not so much more Texas Tech because it's out in Lubbock. But in the central Texas area, going on the road at those places are good, or it is good. In Cincinnati, that's a good spot. It's just Ohio State's going to be tough to beat.
1: Yeah. uh, Not an easy place to to try to pull recruits from, but not impossible either. Uh, Michigan has been able to go in and and poach some guys from Ohio. I mean – I don't know. The more I look at it, I'm not convincing myself that we can do better than ten and two. But ten and two seems attainable. It really just is cleaning things up. We've we've said it multiple times. We lost what four games by by one possession. Yeah, clean those up and you are a ten win team right there. I mean, I don't think we're going to clean them all up, but I think it's possible that we you at least get pick up three of those wins this season. Again, if things are going in the right direction, with by all accounts, if you talk to you know, if you guys listen to the interview tomorrow with Rondell, I know he's it's in his first year here, and he's really only been on campus for about a month. But seems like from what he's told us, the those coaches and the players that are, the returning players, that record is is haunting them right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. So anyway, it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or um, an individual challenge?
1: In the video challenge, pretty simple today. What do you guys think is Oklahoma's record? That, w- looking at the schedule, initial thoughts.
0: Definitely, I'm curious to see what people have to say. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be some interesting opinions. Twelve and zero. Um, I'm sure there'll be a few few predictions of undefeated, but. Um... I guess we'll see. So maybe this far, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and turn the notification bell on, turn that notification bell on. So you don't miss the interview with Rondell Bothred tomorrow morning at 930. And then follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, and TikTok. Everything's linked in the description below. And we will catch you guys on Friday.